we've been talking in this month about, um, we've called this series, The Joy of Christmas. Because Christmas is a time of joy. Christmas is a time of, uh, of excitement for a lot of reasons. But the real reason for Christmas uh, was made clear by angels who kept making announcements to different people in the Christmas season. And those announcements are filled with news that brings great joy. And we've been looking at those. Uh, but this morning, I want to look at one more of those appearances when God sent an angel to appear to shepherds. So if you just look at Luke chapter 2, verse 8 with me. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. I want to, I want to highlight a couple of things. So they were living. Like, I don't know if this is a seasonal thing. I don't know if they were homeless. But these people were living in a field, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. You can imagine. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Watch this. I bring you good news. See, this is what the Christmas message is. I bring you good news that will cause, here it is, great joy. Watch this. For how many of the people? All the people. All the people. That's very important. And I'm going to highlight that in a minute. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign. Now, remember what we're talking about. These are shepherds living in a field, and the angel says, this will be a sign to you, to these two, to these three, to these, I don't know how many, but this will be a sign to you shepherds. And you'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared. So I want you to see this. Everybody else got one angel. The shepherds got an angel, and then like a angel choir or something, you know, whatever, whatever that was. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. We've looked at three angelic appearances. An angel appeared to Zechariah, and although he and his wife were too old to have a baby, said, you're going to have a baby. And then an angel appeared to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and said, you're going to have a very special baby. And then an angel appeared in a dream to Joseph and said, your fiance is pregnant, but this is a good thing. She's going to be the mother of Jesus. And, and now we see that an angel has appeared to shepherds. Now here's what's fascinating to me. We've got Zechariah, who's the parents of John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist was the one who went ahead of Jesus and told everybody who Jesus was. And then we've got Mary, the mother of Jesus, and then we've got Joseph, the father of Jesus. So we've got, like, Christmas royalty, right? These are important people. You don't have the Christmas story without these people. But now an angel appears to, she to shepherds. We don't even know their name. As far as we know, they're not related to anybody. And they really have nothing, they, they don't add anything to the Christmas story. They don't add any value to it. It's almost like when you watch a movie and you see a scene and you go, now why was that in there? That we, we, knew the, we knew the whole story without that. We didn't need that. Why would God send an angel to make an announcement to shepherds? I mean, we, we, would, we would have expected an angel to appear to a king. We would have expected an angel to appear to a governor, maybe even a rabbi, you know, somebody with something, some leadership or some status or something. 
Shepherds were usually untrustworthy, they were unreliable, and they were oftentimes unemployed. (laughs) They were kind of like people that just bounced from one gig to another wherever they could make money. Uh, Oftentimes they were old men who were lonely. Sometimes they were young teenagers whose parents had sent them out to just find a job and pick up money to try to offset the poverty of the family. So these are really unknowns, people, fringe of society. They're really nobodies. And and what's surprising, though, is this angelic um, revelation, this angelic announcement is not an accident. It's not like they just happened to be at the right place at the right time. God sent an angel to shepherds. This was on purpose. This was intentional. This is done deliberately. And they were the, watch this, they were the first people on earth who weren't Mary or Joseph or, or Zechariah and Elizabeth to hear the good news. They were the first ones kind of outside the core to hear the story. And now why would God do that? I think that God did that because he wants us to know this announcement of Christmas is an announcement of joy because it's an announcement for everybody. Imagine if Jesus were just to have said, God so loved the world he sent his only son that who I've picked can receive my son. You and you and you, but not you or you or not you. Man, that... That's only good news for some people. That's not good news for everybody. But the angel said, this will be for all people. This will be for all people. This is for everybody. And and can you imagine, here these shepherds are in this field watching their sheep. Probably had had a million nights like this where nothing happened. And this angel appeared and these other angels appear and they sing this song. And then as quickly as it opened, it closed. And it ended, and you got a quiet night and sheep just kind of bleeding, looking at them. Wonder what the sheep thought. And then it was over. But the message stayed in their heart because the Bible tells us that they ran into town and they found baby Jesus and they started to tell people. Because that's what happens when people find the joy of Christmas. There's a story around our church. If you're um, new to Kingwood, you might not know this story, um, but it's, if you've been around for a while, you've probably heard it at some point. Several years ago, our, our pastors were on a staff retreat. We do, we've occasionally been able to do a staff retreat. We haven't done one in a while, but uh, we were going every year at this point. Now, I've got to give you a disclaimer. I wasn't part of our staff at this time. This is before I got here, so it was over 11 years ago, 12, 15 years ago. But the story kind of lives on. Some stories live on, you know what I mean? They're too good. And so this one lives on. However, I also want you to know, had I been part of our staff, I'm 100% certain the story would have happened the same way it happened. So here's what happened. Our whole crew was in a people mover going up to uh, have a retreat for a couple days in a cabin. And they stopped to get the instructions and whatever they needed to do at a little side of the road store or something. And... um, They all got out and did their thing, and one of them went to the bathroom, and then they all loaded back up and they left, but one didn't make it back on the bus. Some of you heard this story. One of them got left. And so he thought, oh man, these guys are playing a joke on me, because our staff would be known to do something like that. These guys are playing a joke on me. You know, they'll be back in a minute. And a minute went by, and 10 minutes went by, 
And a half hour went by. And 45 minutes went by and the store closed. And he's sitting on the porch. Cell phone gets no signal because you're up in the hills. He's sitting on the porch, abandoned, alone. The rest of the crew had loaded up, took off, and left him. They've gone to the cabin and unloaded their stuff, left his suitcase by the front door. Never dawned on him where the human was attached to the suitcase. All got in their jammies and were watching Monday night football. And there he sat, started to rain a little bit. He thought, I don't, I don't know what to do. I can't call anybody. And about 45 minutes later, here comes the people mover coming by. And he thought, those guys, I mean, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I can't believe they left me here this long. That's a bad joke. And the people mover just went wrong, went straight by, kept going. Never even slowed down. And he thought, oh, they're messing with me. They'll be back in a minute. And then about a few minutes later, that people mover who didn't know they left him yet, Went to the grocery store, because we had to have groceries. Everybody had to eat, right? Went to the grocery store and was shopping in the grocery store while he sat on the porch. I don't know how much time's passed. Let's make up a good time. You want it to be an hour and a half? I don't know how long it is. Two hours, whatever it is. Still sitting on the porch thinking, what? How did I get left? I mean, it's not like we have 100 people on our staff. How did this happen? And then by some, something happened, and he was able to walk up the road long enough to find a payphone. And he was very um, excited to charge that long-distance call to Kingwood Church. He felt no, no reservation. I'm a $16 a minute. Charge it. Thrilled to charge it. Call, calls back to the cabin where they answer the phone and, says, and say, what, where are you at? Did you go for a walk or something? No, you left me. What do you mean we left you? You left me, you're back at the store. So then they call the other guys at the grocery store who are shopping and tell them to come get them. Now, we've told that story a hundred times because, you know, it's funny. I mean, you know what I mean? It's funny. But I remember us telling that story once, and one of our pastors, Manuel, who is our, our uh, Hispanic pastor, he, he says, he goes, how do you leave a person? And I thought, you know, if there was one, it was all guys. If there was one woman on that bus, how many of you believe? Right? It had never got left. Nobody would have ever got left. One mama for sure. One mama on that, nobody's getting left. But there, and so I thought, maybe it's a male thing. And then Pastor Manuel says to me, No, how, how, how would you do that? How would you ever leave a person? When he said that, it just kind of rung. How do you leave a person? And I thought, I don't know. You, you're supposed to get back on the bus when you're supposed to get back on the bus. That's up to you, you know. I'm not going to hold your hand through this. But when he said it, it reminded me, maybe that's not a female thing. You know, maybe, maybe it's just a like white western thing, you know, that male, white male western thing. I don't know. But I remember my first missions trip when I went to a Hispanic country and I saw culture. And I believe that every culture of the world somehow represents God in a better way than you know some other cultures do. And one of the things that I saw in the Hispanic culture that was so beautiful is the sense of inclusion. And so every time we sat down, every time we stopped, every time we went anywhere, every time there was a circle, if we sat down, somebody in that circle would say, oh, here, come sit down, here's a seat. Like, you know, in America, we just stare at people. Well, they'll figure it out. 
But, it, but in Argentina, where we went, it was, oh, here, here, take a seat. Here, take a seat. Oh, no, 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 here. It, like nothing was, nothing was ready to happen until everybody was included. And man, I think there's a part of that culture that displays the character of God. Christmas isn't Christmas until everybody's included. And so, look, even, even your pastors might leave you sometime. <laughs> I might leave you sometime, you know? None of us are perfect. But here's what the Christmas message really is about. It was an announcement of good news because the announcement said the includer has come. The includer has come to earth. And God the Father is not content until every last one of his children know the joy of relationship with Jesus Christ. How can you leave a person? I don't know. Given the right circumstances, we can all leave a person. But Jesus will never leave a person. Never. So this morning, I just want to pray with you and then and then we're going to receive communion together if you just close your eyes with me if you're online if you just close your eyes maybe you're here today and you say you know um, if I'm honest uh, before we take communion there's some things that I don't have a clear conscience about there's some things that I've been carrying there's some there's some separation between me and God and and I know that Jesus wants to include me. Jesus wants me to be close with the Father. And I, I just want to pray and ask God to remove everything that would be a barrier between he and I. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm not even sure if I have a relationship with God. And so before I receive communion, before I take another step, I just want to make sure that, that I'm, I'm, right, I'm in right relationship with the Father. So I'm just going to ask you if you're online or you're sitting here in the room, would you just pray with me right now? And let's just ask Jesus to do the work that he came to do to include us in this great announcement of joy. Would you just pray with me your own way? Jesus, we thank you for the grace of God and the gift of Jesus that we celebrate this time of year. Lord, we thank you that you died for all people, that all people might know. Lord, we thank you that you didn't spare the greatest treasure of heaven. And Lord, we ask you now to wash our sins away. Lord, we ask you to remove that which we've done wrong. We ask you to do something for us that we could never do for ourselves. Forgive and clean and wash our hearts. And do just like we talked about a minute ago with that white stripe on the candy cane. Wash our hearts and make them clean. And remove every barrier today between, personalize it, say, God, remove every barrier between me and you. God, I don't want there to be anything, anything that I've said, anything that I've done, any way that I've lived. God, I want to be right with you, and I receive forgiveness from Jesus Christ today. I receive forgiveness for all that I've done. And Lord, I, today I choose to walk in new life. Today I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.